0: Welcome to A Cloud of Witnesses. This podcast is a ministry dedicated to encouraging unity in the body of Christ through the reading and discussion of church history. My name is Chris Perret. In today's episode, we'll be discussing chapters 2 and 3 of St. Ambrose on the Holy Spirit. So here we are again, and this week we are going to be discussing chapters 2 and 3, predominantly chapter 3, because as I've gone back through and reread, I've discovered that there really isn't much in chapter 2 that really jumped out at me, it's something I needed to discuss. Ambrose seems to just be doubling down on the end of chapter 1, where he discusses the divinity of the Holy Spirit as something that's not a point of contention because it's never discussed in Scripture that the Holy Spirit is created or anything like that. But there are a couple things that I want to touch on in chapter 3 I've been highlighting as I go. Probably one of the first things that I really want to get to is the discussion of the Ethiopian eunuch, primarily because. This person in scripture is someone that has often struck a chord with me because this story of the Ethiopian eunuch is one in scripture that, to me, compares very closely to the birth of the church with the 3,000 being brought in a single day. I guess it's kind of a contrast, actually, where in the birth of the church, God brought in a mass of people into this wonderful movement, this wonderful family of Christ. And in this instance, the Ethiopian eunuch was sought out individually by God to be brought into the family. The Holy Spirit came to Philip and instructed him to go to what is called a desert place, to find this one man who had come from Ethiopia to worship God God saw this man God sent one of his followers to bring him into the body of Christ to me this is a remarkable view of God's heart where he truly does leave the 99 to save the one this man happened to be in Jerusalem to worship. God saw him, and God brought him in. All right, now that I've been preaching for a few minutes, a lot of this chapter revolves around the discussion of baptism in the church and how the Holy Spirit is discussed as an integral part of the baptismal message. After the discussion of the Ethiopian eunuch, Ambrose jumps into Acts 19, where he starts talking about those in Ephesus who have been baptized by John. They have been seeking the Messiah, but have not been received into the baptism of Christ. He then discusses how Paul asks if they knew the Holy Spirit, and they said no, but then were baptized into the Holy Spirit as well. Ambrose Begins to discuss a little bit about how the baptism that these Ephesians received was not a repeated baptism, but a true baptism. And he specifically says in verse 42 But where there is not the complete sacrament of baptism, there is not considered to be a commencement nor any kind of baptism. But baptism is complete if one confesses the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is something that I think is really important. I have been introduced to a lot of different ideas around baptism. There's infant baptism, there's full immersion baptism, there's baptism in the Holy Spirit from a Pentecostal perspective, and it is something that is so confusing to me, because for so long, I wasn't even aware of the different perspectives, and as I became aware of them, I saw the biblical merit of parts of each, and obviously there's logic brought out and theology brought out for each of these perspectives, because each one can find one proof text or another, and it's incredibly frustrating to me, because I can see the merit in each of them, and I can also see the biblical foundation for each of them, too. It's incredibly difficult for me because I do want to have correct doctrine. I want to have right doctrine, especially around things like baptism and infant baptism is something that I see within Historical perspectives around the Catholic, the Lutheran, and the Reformed traditions. These are ancient traditions, and God has not come and struck down these members of the church for a practice that some see as egregious and heretical in modern Protestant circles. But looking at this text, I see a point of confession that is so important. I know this is just one historical text. I have not read all of them. And I think this is one thing I want to make very, very, very clear as I go through this project and as I read these texts. My doctrine and my theology and my understanding of God outside of the core tenets of the Trinity, of the all-sufficiency of Christ as my Savior, Lord and King, of the essential divinity of Christ, essentially the Nicene Creed. Everything outside of that to me is malleable. It's something that I do not have all knowledge. I do not Have the mind of God. I have been given the mind of Christ, but I have not fully walked in it. And I have seen so many people from different traditions go back and forth. I've seen evangelicals become Lutherans. I've seen Lutherans become Catholic. I've seen Catholics become evangelicals. And a lot of that has to do with the brokenness of the church and the disunity within the church, which is why the history of the church is so important to me. People have been killed over these things. Wars have been fought. It breaks my heart to know that points of doctrine that are outside the grasp of the human mind have caused so much hatred and so much death in the name of a God who came and died a. Horrible, silent death. He came as a sheep to be slaughtered, and oh, was he slaughtered. We're in the midst of Lent, and if you disagree with me doctrinally, fine. If you want to give me information that I don't have, great. But please, do it in love. Ambrose moves on to begin discussing the whole idea of being baptized in the name of Christ or being baptized in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I think that the best summation of that section of this passage comes in verse 43. The mystery is complete through the oneness of the name. And this harkens back to what I just said. Mystery is something that is part of the Christian faith. We do not, we cannot know everything this side of heaven. Paul says that we view in a mirror dimly. We do not have the complete view or perception of who God is, of who we are in him. We have been given glimpses. We have been given the scriptures. We have been given the Holy Spirit to guide us. But we have not been given the fullness of revelation. We're stepping away from the passage of Ambrose again. But one of the most fascinating portions of scripture for me is in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. The Apostle Paul calls the Holy Spirit God living within us, a deposit of our inheritance. Dwell on that for a moment. The very God being poured out on us to empower us to live life in Christ is but a deposit of what God is to give us at the beginning of the New Age. Back to the idea of the oneness of the name, the mystery of that oneness being incredibly important. Our human minds can only briefly and partially grasp the idea of the Trinity. And Ambrose's discussion of the oneness of the name of God is so important because we must remember that when we name Christ, we name the Father. When we name the Holy Spirit, we name Christ. We name the Father, we name the Spirit, and the Son. There's no distinction. There's no separation between them. Christ himself said that he and the Father are one. And in Genesis, it talks about the Spirit hovering over the waters. The Spirit was present at creation. Before anything was made, the Spirit was present. When we name the Holy Spirit, we worship him in the fullness of the deity of the Trinity. And we must not play semantics where... If you don't pray for something in the name of Jesus, then it won't happen because you're praying to the Father or the Spirit. or That point of contention is of the pit of hell. We need to let God be God. Stop trying to control every whim and every facet of how he has revealed himself and give glory to the one who has created everything that lies before us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in union together. A little further on in the chapter, Ambrose goes on to discuss another point of mystery, that is the witness that the Spirit gives to the divinity of Christ, to the lordship of Christ, through the delivering of spiritual gifts to his people. And he says this amazing, mysterious passage where he says, in like manner, the spirit who bears witness to our salvation by his diversities of gifts is not to be numbered with the crowd of creatures, but is to be reckoned with the father and the son. who." When he divides, is not himself divided by cutting off himself. But being indivisible, he loses nothing when he gives to all. The Holy Spirit pours himself out and has poured himself out upon billions of men and women. And yet he has lost nothing because he is infinite. He is omnipotent. He is God, and we are not. We use metaphors of oil and the spirit of a dove or wine or things like that, but all of that pales in the reality that the Holy Spirit pours out over and over and over again into the hearts of believers, and yet His well has never run dry. He is so far beyond us, which actually brings me to my final point. And this is actually stepping back chronologically in the passage to verse 46. That last part I read was from verse 49. In this passage right here, Ambrose is speaking of the father and how there's no superiority between the Godhead and Ambrose goes into this moment of praise where he says, the father is not amongst all things, is not amongst a kind of crowd of his own creatures. The whole creation is below. Over all is the Godhead of father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. The former serves, the latter rules. The former is subject, the latter reigns. The former is the work, the latter the author of the work. The former, without exception, worships. The latter is worshipped by all, without exception. Given everything I've just talked about, that's where I want to leave the discussion this week. We, as human beings, as God's creation, do not know everything. God is the author of everything that we know, of every good gift, of anything that is pure, right, holy, great. He is the beginning, the end, the Alpha, the Omega, and that is where our focus is to be And yet, in spite of all of that glory, all of that deserved honor, he has lowered himself to be our servant, our sacrifice, our friend. All right, here we are again. Thank you for listening to this episode. I want to remind you that you can reach out to me through a variety of places, whether that be on Facebook at facebook.com cloudofwitnessp or Twitter at cloudofwitnessp or you can support me financially through Patreon at patreon.com slash a cloudofwitnesses. Your support is what is going to keep this project going. I need your help, and I would greatly appreciate your support, whether it be through finances, prayers, sharing this podcast, whatever that may be. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for listening. Next week, we'll continue our reading of St. Ambrose on the Holy Spirit with chapters 4 and 5.